This is PhotoBizX, episode number 364. If you've ever wondered how an advertising agency would set up a successful campaign for a photography business, for your photography business, you're going to love this interview today. Our special guest is Umberto Garcia from photography2profits.com. And today we're diving deep into the world of advertising for photographers, and I know you're going to get a ton from what he has to share. That interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. We're going to get straight into things today. Just before we do, (laughs) just wanted to give you a quick heads up that next week is a long weekend in Australia, so the podcast will be coming out to you a day later than normal. And also, if you are listening to this episode as it goes live, you're probably seeing what's going on in the news around the world, but in particular in the States, in America. If you are listening from the States, I'm guessing that you're as shocked as I am at what's going on. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking about you and uh, hope things get better soon because it looks like, a, looks like a real mess there at the moment. I don't want to make this politically focused or anything of that nature, so we're going to get on with what I know best and I'm guessing you do as well, and that's photography and photography business. So let's get stuck into today's episode. And if you missed last week's interview with Bernie Griffiths, photography business coach Bernie Griffiths, Get back and have a listen to that one. It was a fun interview. It was very relaxed and loose even, although I know Bernie shared some great stuff. And there was proof of that in the comments from some of the members following last week's episode. One of them from Alan Wright, he said, Bernie's interview today gave me a kick up the ass to restart the newsletter again. But it was the comment from Marcus Anthony which I think really reiterates that you should get back and have a listen to that episode if you haven't heard it, because he says, if anyone is considering hiring a business coach, do not hesitate to contact Bernie. He's taken my business from literally a poverty level income to $400,000 in 2019. (laughs) If that's not incentive enough to go and check out that interview, I don't know what is. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Alrighty, just before we jump into today's episode with Umberto, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. That means you're going to get a ton of fantastic information from Umberto in the first half of this interview, but I am saving a large chunk of the second half for premium members only. So if you'd like to access the full interview today, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try and for $1 you can access a 30-day trial membership. So you can hear the full interview today with Umberto which I can tell you is well worth the investment because what he shares in the second half will not only save you money on your ads by throwing money at ads that just won't work and you can prove that to yourself by following what Umberto shares. Also, how to generate the kind of bookings that you would love to be getting from your Facebook and Google ad campaigns. All that in the second half of the interview that I'm saving for members only. Again, you can access that today for $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great- 
great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest was a full-time and profitable photographer, but today he's helping photographers grow their businesses with his full-service agency for photographers, which is called Photography to Profits. It's basically a service that looks after your marketing for you. And he says on his website, our mission is to provide photographers with modern digital and marketing strategies to increase business visibility, digital presence, generate quality traffic and leads. And he also says we're conversion driven, and that means more inquiries and more bookings. He's also part of a duo with Jennifer Smith, who are responsible for the High Rollers Club podcast. From what I understand, he's all about boudoir photography, and he believes it's the golden ticket genre for photographers. I'm talking about Humberto Garcia, and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Humberto, welcome. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. Is that right? Is boudoir photography the golden ticket? You know, I think compared to some of the other genres, which I completely respect, and I have a lot of admiration for the skill, you know, the amount of effort that goes into it, some of the gear, props, amount of time people have to put into it. But when I compare it to somebody getting into wedding photography, you know, but by the time they can second shoot 30, 40 weddings, years might have gone by, right? They might not have the connections or be reaching out to the right photographers or being able to get their own weddings, And then kind of same thing with like newborn, right? Like a lot of safety training, a lot of props where what I've seen is, you know, with boudoir, people can basically get an Airbnb, get a hotel, get a really good, you know, light and airy looking bedroom set. And next thing you know, with a couple days of training, they can get pretty good and consistent at boudoir photography because you can find models, people willing to shoot, and you can shoot a lot of sessions in a single day. Unlike some of the other genres where, you know, you might not be able to go find 15 babies in one weekend to go like really, really sharpen your skills. in. so it's kind of like what's hot for us now. It's what most of our clients are now. And they tend to be the fastest ones that we're able to scale. Although we used to work with a lot of glamour, wedding, newborn maternity, but my heart kind of goes towards boudoir just because of the simplicity, you know, how easy it is to market right now and just how great our clients are. I love it. So it sounds to me like if you're looking to get or create success for your clients and you can do that easily with boudoir photography, then that makes sense to sort of, I guess, push, I don't know if that's the right term, push that genre towards your clients. Is that what you're doing? So if someone comes to you with a portrait or a pet or a wedding photography business, are you pushing them towards boudoir photography? You know, I think nowadays a lot of people kind of know if they come to me and they're familiar with my work they know who my clients are so i might still get some people that are in the glamour photography world or you know they might be doing family or weddings and they just kind of look over their shoulders and just kind of see how my other clients are doing i never try to push it on or convert anybody but i think it's one of those genres that it's kind of fun to shoot you know everyone is kind of interested to do it as a hobby and then when you look at that and say wait people will pay as much as a wedding for this you know, they start to open their minds and say, hey, why don't I give that a shot? Um, And I recently had two photographers who were like complete, you know, very well-known people in like kind of the Sue Bryce world, the glamour world, and they just gave it a shot. And next thing you know, actually one of the quotes one of the women told me, she said, it's surprising that it's easier to get women to take their clothes off than to put on some of these gowns we've collected in our glamour business. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that's kind of, you know, the opportunity was there and they kind of figured it out just by putting that offer out there and just seeing, hey, my audience is really, really responding to boudoir. This might be an ill-timed question after you just mentioned 
women taking their clothes off. But is this a good genre for male photographers as well as female photographers? I will say a lot of the photographers I work with, I've had male clients that do boudoir. We have students in the high rollers. And I will say that there are some hurdles that they have to jump. You know, they have to show more social proof. I tell them to put way more testimonials on their page. I tell them to show a team, kind of a team effort. You know, maybe show their hair makeup artists or assistants, maybe their second shooters if they have other photographers. I definitely think there's more of a hurdle to get over. But, you know, I had a wedding and family photographer with really bright red beard, you know, former Marine, kind of rough looking guy. We cleaned up his image, changed out some of his images, mixed it in with some of his wife's in there and his hair makeup team. And he went from kind of scaring people off. And those were kind of his words when he was kind of reaching out to people and they kind of saw who they were dealing with softening his image and really kind of getting past that objection. So I do think there are some other hurdles that men have to get past. And I'm always upfront about that. You know, I think it's a little bit obvious. And if you go and ask 100 women, would you rather have a male photographer or female photographer? I think the majority, if I was placing a safe bet, I would probably guess they'd be more comfortable with a female photographer. But there's other things you can do, like use video, social proof, taking pictures with all your clients. That'll help get past that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and look, that's the reason I asked the question because that would be my assumption too. And I do know there are successful male boudoir photographers, but those tactics you just mentioned then, I mean, they're genius. They're so simple using that video, you know, utilizing video and testimonials and showing the other parts of the team. That's great. Mate, I mentioned your business and I mentioned that it's an agency. Can you just give us an idea about what you do? Like, what is it? Who's coming to you and how are you helping them? Yeah. So it's funny, you know, kind of like any business before I started, I was just working with everyone, right? I said, I'm a, you know, I almost didn't have humility. I'd be like, okay, here's a photography business. They have a competent portfolio. We can make the world shine for them. But I started realizing like, I really wanted to work with people that were willing to charge a decent price that were willing to do in-person sales and preferably be in the multiple thousands for each client. And then I started realizing I wanted to be with people that were just really serious about their business and kind of wanted to be past that hobby stage. So right now we have almost 40 agency clients where we do all the marketing for them. These are studios anywhere from United States, uh, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia. And they normally come to us and say, hey, I'm getting word of mouth. I'm getting referrals. I'm getting SEO, Google leads. But I know I'm missing on paid advertising. I know I'm missing in automation. I know my phone calls and booking process could be better. And we come in and we set a budget. We set a goal. We kind of work through their entire process and system because there are really three areas people can make more money. And that's getting more leads, booking more of those leads, and then making higher sales from each of those and then getting repeat clients and referrals. So Really, you know, my preferred person, like when I see stars in my eyes are studios that are already over maybe 15,000 a month. Maybe they're not doing paid advertising and they have just great word of mouth, great rapport with their clients. And that's, that's kind of like a telltale sign. You know, if they're getting referrals, they have a good business, people like them. And then we just really put kind of like the lighter fluid on it and just give it a boost and say, you know what, let's just get this out to new people that might not have had a chance to hear about you using some paid avenues and then automating a lot of it with email marketing, text marketing, you know, calendar schedulers and you name it, retargeting on Facebook, Google. Love it. (laughs) All the stuff that I'm passionate about and I know the listener loves to hear about as well. When you think of paid advertising for photographers, 
What's your go-to platform? I will say that our go-to platforms right now are Google ads and Facebook ads. We always start organically. So we do have like efforts that, you know, we want them to do alliances, you know, build partnerships, integration marketing. We want them to prospect and do those things. And then we also want to have at least some sort of budget on Google ads and Facebook ads. And one thing we also look at is what the genre is. So for wedding photographers, we put a lot of the emphasis on Google ads, mainly because we're relying on search. And our rule of thumb is if the genre that we're dealing with has a time constraint or it is tied to a life event, the budget normally goes more towards Google ads. So an example of that would be, you know, there might be hundreds of thousands of parents in your town, but only a certain amount of those parents have seniors in high school that need senior photos. So you might want to use Google ads because those people probably go into Google and search and be, you know, kind of searching themselves and you want to capture them there again with organic traffic and organic SEO efforts as well. Okay. And then same thing with like newborn and maternity, right? Of course you can try to do, we do Facebook ads as well, but we just find that it's a lot easier to find those people by having them self-select themselves through search, right? Somebody goes in there and says, who's the best newborn photographer, that person is probably looking for a newborn photographer for themselves or for you know somebody in their family or friends in the near future, where it's kind of a lot harder to generate interest if those people don't have those life events going. So it really just kind of depends on what the genre is. I will tell you for boudoir specifically, it tends to be really, it kind of depends on the city as well, but somewhere between 60 to 80% Facebook ads and then you know whatever the remainder is for Google ads. But it really just comes down to the studio, you know, their preferences, like the amount of creativity they're willing to have on Facebook, because Facebook definitely takes a little bit more of a creative input. You know, you actually have to generate the interest on Facebook, where on Google, you're kind of setting the trap and people that are already interested are coming to your door, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how we differentiate it. And we're always willing to try anything. So we've done everything from YouTube ads to Bing. We're willing to go wherever our ideal client is. I love that. Okay. So when you say it's, if it's a life event, the reason people are going to Google is because they're actively looking for a photographer. They want to book a photographer for that event. And so what are you saying the difference is with boudoir? People aren't necessarily searching for a boudoir photographer. We're planting the seed for that idea. Yeah. And that's actually, um, you know, that's the distinction we make. I'll make the example of like, you know, for boudoir, well, not every woman's going to be your ideal client. But for the most part, women don't need like one specific life event. You can actually create life events, right? You can say, you can create a campaign that says, hey, we're celebrating womanhood of women over 40. You know, hey, we're celebrating, you know, empowerment of women's bodies and body image. And you can show the women you want to photograph through your ads. And you can get people that are just sitting at their desk at work, clicking on those ads saying, oh, that looks interesting. They might not have ever had the idea beforehand, but you can actually generate interest pretty quickly. As compared to, you know, maybe you have a photo booth business and you want to generate interest for corporate events, right? Like what are the chances people are running those corporate events all the time? Maybe not as much as something like boudoir or like children's kind of like fantasy uh, creative composites. It's not to say that we don't do Facebook ads for those life event genres. We normally rely on Facebook for a lot of retargeting there, especially with the new Facebook lead forms. And we also use a lot of content marketing. So we'll actually use Facebook to create audiences. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe we'll create a special blog that's on that topic and 
you know, certain tips list or ideas or some sort of like 101 guide. And then we'll basically retarget that audience because if they clicked on an ad that was about a topic we were trying to promote, then we can kind of kind of narrow down and say, you know what, maybe that's our audience there. Or maybe in the future we can capture their email list. Maybe we can capture them with a pop-up on our blog. So it's not to say that we don't do Facebook or Google for the other ones. It's just, it's kind of like what the weight is. We actually have an extremely fast growing photo booth business that we're marketing for. And, you know, I'm going to say like 90% of the budget right now is Google ads. And I think they get like nine to 10 inquiries a day between phone calls, emails. Of course, we could do Facebook ads. And sometimes it just comes down to just being patient and coming up with kind of a campaign that's catchy, you know, that can probably build some emails, but you know, until we do that, we know that Google ads are pretty safe. I guess that's another part, right? Like we're not super creative or don't have our, you know, our campaign narrowed down. Google's much safer place to put your money in if you haven't figured that out. Right. So for anyone listening, if they're considering running Google ads, what do they have to have right on their website before they even run the Google ads or put money into Google ads? So I actually have a pretty big checklist um, and that's, and just the basics are the number one thing is when somebody lands on it, they need to know exactly who you are, what you do and who you do it for. If you don't have that, you're going to get people bouncing off and you're not going to keep people on your site and you're going to be paying two, $3 just to have people leave. So Humberto, just quickly, what about where you're based? Is that important to have that either in the ad or on your website? Yeah. You know, actually if we go deep into Google ads, you know, the most important thing is that the keyword that you're targeting is relevant to your ad and your ad is relevant to your landing page. Right. So a lot of people make the mistake of, and I see this all the time because we compete and pay for ads on top of other people. And I'll just see, they just have a generic photography business that does everything. And they'll just pay for all the keywords that say photography. But my ads all say my location, you know, they all have the benefits and they're all in really well and they have all the ad extensions and then they go to a page that have the same words on it, right? So I have a very consistent experience and I feel a lot of times people don't have that. But yeah, and that's kind of, you know, a part of it, right? So people need to know what you do, who you do it for. And I do think part of that is like where you do it, right? So, you know, your keyword might be up there, you know, Delaware, boudoir photographer, you know, Nottingham, United Kingdom, wedding elopement photographer for good measure, right? Got it, got it. I don't want to go too deep into the websites and stuff, but I guess what I'm taking away from you is if, if I'm going to spend money on Google ads, I've got to have a website that I'm going to send people to or a landing page at least that's going to convert. It's got to work. Would that be fair? Yeah, it definitely has to work. And that's a great topic because I actually had somebody message me and say, oh my God, Umberto, like these Google ads aren't working. Like this thing's not working. Google ads don't work. And I always want to break it down and say, you know what? Each part of ads have different, functions, right? Like if you imagine in breaking this down into like steps or, you know, like a sales funnel, you can say that the job of the ad is to get people to your page, not to pay you, not to book you, but just to get them to the next step. And then the job of your website is to get them to convert and give you their information and, you know, submit their phone number and email and get into your email automation. And then the job of your phone consults is to book you. And at every point, sometimes people make the mistake where maybe they're just messing up the you know, the phone console, but then they'll blame the ads and say, you know what, the ads aren't working, or maybe I need to write them better. I need to tweak things. So I always suggest like, you really need to segment and just be honest with the numbers and, you know, go and fix what's actually needs fixing instead of like just adjusting everything and just kind of chasing yourself in circles. 
not fixing what's really wrong. Right. So with the example of the Google ads, if that particular photographer that we're say talking about or referencing, if the ad is getting clicks, but they're not getting bookings, the ad might be performing really well. Oh yeah, it was, it was definitely performing. Well. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we looked at it and said, look, like on the page, we need more social proof. You know, there's some things on there where maybe not enough call to actions, you know, maybe not enough before and afters, you know, maybe not very clear. Well, actually one of the biggest things, and this happens a lot in boudoir is a lot of the photos didn't look like real women. They all look like GQ magazine. The photographer is an amazing, you know, master of light and amazing editor, but every woman on the page looked like she was in a magazine, which is great if you're shooting 23 year olds, right? And that's your ideal <laughs> client. But if you're trying to, you know, if you know your ideal audience, as far as paid clients are 35 and over, and you're not showing them, then that could be a drawback right there. So that's something we're always very cognizant of is we want to show women of every body type, every color, every demographic, every age group, you know, unless maybe you're, you just want to photograph people over 50, you know, then only put that, but definitely don't just put people that I guess in some people's opinion are outside of the realm of normal beauty or yes. unachievable Photoshop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I totally know what you mean. You said something interesting earlier. You said that when we're running an ad, really that the whole goal of the ad is to get them to your website or get them to the next step. Is that true also for Facebook ads, for Bing ads, for any kind of ad that you're running? Is it just to get them to the next step instead of going for the dollars? I would say so, right? And I actually think a lot of people, they're kind of mixing water and oil, right? So they'll write their ads thinking, well, this is a Facebook ad. I need clients. I need to write my pricing on the ad. I need to tell them how to book me. You know, I need to tell them where my place is, what the time is. And I got that maybe at some point in the funnel, maybe for retargeting, that's the case. And maybe even for the first ad sometimes, but a lot of the times all you need is get the person's attention with an image, tell them enough to be curious to enough to click on the ad and get them to the next step. Instead of trying to book them through your ad, you just need to treat it as, Hey, how do I get this person to take the next action? And that next step, get them to take the next action. And I do see that as being a big issue anytime people run ads is they set up one ad, that ad's supposed to carry the entire weight of their campaign. And then they wonder, man, I don't know why I didn't have 200 bookings. I told them to book now by clicking the button, right? (laughs) I had my call to action. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, let's stick with boudoir photography and photographers because you're passionate about them. You know that's a great genre that's going to generate income. Can you think of a style of... I don't know, sale, special, ad, something we could do to generate bookings, to bring income into the business? Yeah, so we always start with very generic. You know, Google ads are super safe, so we'll set a budget to that. You know, anywhere from 5 to $10, whatever the client's comfortable with. We, I'm normally playing with budgets between 500 and 2000 you know, because these studios definitely want to scale, and every time they put a dollar in, they usually get multiple dollars back. So on Google, that's pretty safe. You get people that are searching for it. You get them onto your landing page. So when you said 5 to $10, is that per click? Per day. That's per day. Most people don't realize, but on Google, you're definitely paying per click. Um, or you can, there's some other variations where you can choose. But on Facebook, for the most part, you're paying for impression. And the rule of thumb on almost any platform is, is the better quality your ad is and the better targeting you have, the less you're going to have to pay. So when you were asking me about some campaigns on Facebook, there are some very basic ones. The most basic that we actually, um, I actually did an entire webinar on this, 
we ran one Facebook ad to one blog and the blog was named something like 11 reasons to have a boudoir session. And this blog between the blog and the ad, I think we were getting like five cent clicks and maybe like 10 cent views of the actual blog. We had so many inquiries just through the comments of the posts of the actual ad that the person had to follow up with. And then inside the blog, they had maybe like a dozen inquiries just in the comments. They had a ton on the website. And then we basically just retargeted everyone who was on that blog. So at the most basic, like if you put out a piece of content, some sort of cheat sheet, a guide, a blog, and then you set it up to say, you know what, if somebody took this action, they've basically taken a small step forward to show they're interested. And then I can maybe get a little bit more aggressive by sending them an ad that says, hey, I saw you were maybe interested. You know, would you like to set up a time to speak? Click on the button and fill out the form. So at the most basic, you know, you can do that for almost any genre. That's an exact example of something we did for Boudoir. And then some other ones that work really well, we've done everything from model calls to 40 over 40 campaigns, fearless 50 campaigns. We've done, you know, body love projects where these women really want to empower women to just be comfortable in their own body photograph themselves as they are now so they can remember themselves later. And really, at the end of the day, I think the thing that makes different campaigns successful is basically the messaging. You know, what you have that stands behind it, who it's going to actually talk to. And, you know, it really just depends. But yeah. All right. Well, let me just ask you a couple of things about that very basic approach, that basic Facebook ad that is sending people to a blog post. So in that case, they're the blog post, as far as we're concerned, is the landing page. Is that fair? Yeah. In all honesty, that one was just written as a blog on a WordPress. It was just a blog that you know, had header and everything. Right. So let's say, like you said, someone that could be interested, they leave a comment under the Facebook ad or the post. Then do you recommend your clients reply in the comments, stay in the comments, or should we PM the person that you know, made the comment? Ooh, that's a good one. The thing I always want, I want them to do all of the above plus more. So I want them to like, (laughs) I want them to reply so that other people see that you're a real business that interacts. And that really gets you more replies, right? If you see a business that has 10 replies and no one's responding to them, you're probably just not going to respond after a certain amount of time, right? Or you might just not get as many replies as you could have if you had actually engaged. The second thing is definitely send a DM. I even encourage my photographers that, you know, work with us to add them as friends, send them a personal PM from your Facebook page. A lot of times they'll set up their personal profiles as some sort of almost like a storefront, or at least so it appears that they're, you know, a boudoir photographer or that they're a branding and headshot photographer. That way, when that person clicks on their profile, because that's the first thing everyone does when you add them as a friend, right? Check out what they are, what their website is, what their bio is. So for me, it's all of the above. Those are almost as good as people going on your website and submitting a form because it's so casual. There's no pressure. And all you're doing is just finding out more about the person and starting conversations. So if all you're doing is if you get, you know, tons of people liking your page, you can even add those people, right? The people that like the actual post, invite them to like your Facebook page and then add them as a friend and DM them. And a lot of people are always scared because they're always just like, well, you know, if they were interested, they would have just went on my website and submitted the form. And the truth is people are busy, right? Like you're scrolling through, you're looking at cat videos. 
a really cool blog comes up and you might interact with it and then you might not know what the next step is, even if it's written there three times. True. So maybe a helpful nudge of just reaching out, finding out more about the person. And a lot of times when photographers do this, they're surprised that people just respond with, oh my God, you're the business owner of that ad I saw. Uh, tell me more about what you do. And next thing they know, they've got you know half a dozen inquiries just from responding to people from their ads right. from the comment section i mean it feels aggressive and i know from experience that you know with photo biz x i mean all my premium members are friends like we become friends so i can add them into the the secret facebook group and i you know neither of us ever have an issue with that i've only ever had one since i've been doing this in six years so it feels aggressive but it's not but what do we say in that first dm is it, hey, I saw you're interested in boudoir photography or, hey, it's Andrew here from Boudoir Photography Australia. Like, can I help you with any inquiries or what am I saying? Yeah, so I think there's two different ways you can approach each person. So sometimes in that ad, people were just responding with, I'm interested, send pricing. I'm interested, how does this work? I'm interested, how do you book, right? right. So for those people, I would just reach out and be really upfront, right? Hey, I saw you commented on my ad. Maybe you can even post a picture. I was hoping to see when's the best time to speak. What's the best phone number and email for you? Pretty clear, right? They yeah. made a pretty strong comment to you that suggested they were interested and you respond back appropriately, right? And then the next one would be someone who just said, you know, maybe they tag a bunch of friends and they say, hey, look at this. This looks cool, right? Or they tag their husband and say, oh, one day, you know, <laughs> I might look through their profile and just say, hey, thank you so much for commenting on my post. I really appreciate it. I'm actually in the Austin area. I always love to meet other people in the area. You know, tell me about yourself or have you ever considered doing a shoot yourself? And you'd be surprised. A lot of people love talking, right? And they love answering questions like that. And you can really make that person's day because for all you know, a lot of people are just caught in the rat race and they don't have like downtime to talk about these super basic things that might seem like nothing to us, but for them, you know, it's their chance to just air out their ideas or maybe some of their hopes and dreams or, you know, some of their desires to maybe have a photo session. So a lot of times I can't convince photographers if they're just so stuck on like, well, you know, somebody's going to respond to me nasty. Well, you're right. Like there's people like that everywhere, but one bad response can't keep you from connecting and sharing. And even if people don't book with you, at least you get to meet more people. Right. True. And I just think that's good karma because, you know, you never know three months down the line, maybe she doesn't book with you, but she remembers you because you're on her friends list and she sees something that you posted on your page and she forwards your stuff along to, you know, one of her friends. Um, so I really think it's just about knowing more people, getting more people to like and trust you. Right. I like that. You mentioned their nasty comments and there are the occasional nasty comment or nasty person out there. We're all going to come across them when we're running our ads where we're exposing ourselves to that out there on the, on the internet. If you get a nasty comment or a rude comment, what's your advice there? Is it to delete it and ban the person? Just hide it? What should we do with those bad comments? You know, sometimes people don't mean to be really nasty. So sometimes like we'll have images of women that are like a little bit curvy or we'll have, you know, images of people that are a little bit skinnier. And no matter which one you put up, someone's going to comment something nasty. So someone's going to say, oh, that woman's too big. She shouldn't be doing that. And then someone's going to say about the skinny girl, that's not a real woman even though that is a real woman, that's just her <laughs> body shape, right? And it's weird because you're shaming on both sides, I guess. But in all honesty, like if it's such a deterrent and you find it offensive, I just hide it. You know, if it's really bad, you know, you can ban the person. Sometimes I've seen photographers, they get people to rally 
and that's the craziest thing is sometimes you'll see somebody post something like just insensitive and you can maybe post it in your group, share it with some of your best clients and ask them to share their experience. And a lot of times I've seen those things turn into like really positive things where it just turns into a huge thread of, you know, maybe somebody just wasn't being understanding or, you know, they just have very quick hands and they just wrote something that somebody might take as offensive. And you can spin that and turn that into a positive message by getting people to come up and kind of bat for you. Maybe not for you or your business, but maybe for the experience, right? Not everyone agrees with everyone's lifestyle. There's different variations, I guess. But, you know, if at the end of the day, you're really stumped, hide it. And then worst case, you know, respond to people and be nice. But I wouldn't spend too much time on it. If you're just completely overwhelmed, then, you know, just hide it. Yeah. Um, What if someone asks about pricing on that initial ad? So they haven't even gone to the blog post yet. They haven't gone to your website. They just, how much is this? What does this cost? Do you give them an answer in the comments? No. So yes, we actually do. But somebody actually just wrote me this in my PMs. Oh, really? (laughs) We actually just turned on one of their ads like maybe two hours ago. And they said, I just got my first scheduled consultation on my website. And they said, what about pricing? Send me pricing. And our responses across all platforms are pretty similar. And that's basically something along or to the effects of, Hey, Barbara, I completely understand. I really need to find out a little bit more about you, your vision, and I'd love to share, you know, session pricing and info. What's the best phone number and email for you? Or I'm going to DM you and connect with you. I think that is kind of fair. You know, if you went on a pool, a pool repairman or pool builders, Facebook or Instagram, and you just wrote, what is price? (laughs) They're going to respond with the same thing. They're going to say, hey, I'd really love to come out and look at your yard and find out what kind of pool you want. And once we figure that out, uh, I'd love to tell you how much it costs. Yeah, it's fair, isn't it? I do. I get it. I totally agree. <laughs> All right. And so would you put that response in the comments or would you DM them and say, hey, Barbara, I just sent you a DM with some info? You know, I think, you know, sometimes we'll just put in the DM and say, hey, we're sending you a DM. Really need to find out more, you know, to that effect. And then we'll say the same thing, but asking them for their phone and email just because I don't want them dropping their phone and email on the ad because then it's going to be public. Got it. That makes sense. All right. So sticking with this very basic Facebook ad. So I'm guessing that where our campaign is optimized for traffic because we want people to click on that link. Is that correct? To go to the blog? Yes. That one's actually traffic. And I've gone so back and forth with, you know, Facebook ads, like the kind of like the reps that they have. And for the blog, we normally do traffic. And honestly, the blog, depending on how good the headline is and the images, you can get three, four, five, six, seven cent clicks. If you're doing, you know, a blog that maybe isn't resonating so much or the headline's not so great or people are interested in the topic, you might be paying 50 cents to a dollar. That's a lot. That's too much for me for traffic. I really need to be that to have that be volume. I need it to be clickbaity. And I need people to actually go to it at a reasonable budget because, you know, with those kind of ads, you're really kind of creating your audience from that traffic. And then you're making all your money on the retarget unless the content is so good like that example, which by the way, brings me to a second point. And this is for this very basic ad and for all the other ads that maybe we get into. And that's that at any time we run any campaigns, we always want to start with the thing that's the easiest and fastest to get up. And what I mean by that is if you have a Facebook group, if you have an email list or, you know, whatever, you have a way on Instagram to get to people and you put up some sort of campaign, maybe it's a flash sale, maybe it's a last minute booking, maybe it's a cancellation. 
something, or maybe it's some sort of themed shoot you have. If it doesn't work organically, it's probably not going to work with paid ads. So I always say you really got to test all your offers organically so that you don't make expensive, time-consuming mistakes spreading something that wasn't going to work in the first place. Does that make sense? It does. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Mate, for the photographer that's listening, if they want to work with you, ideally, where are they at with their business? Because this is great. This has been awesome stuff. And I can hear that you've got a hundred, a thousand other ideas that you could share or implement or do for us. Where do we need to be in our business to come and talk to you about hiring you to help us? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you that I love doing the work for photographers. That's where I learn the most. That is where we get our hands dirty. And my entire team, which is mostly located here in Miami, that's what they love doing. But if you want to work with us one-on-one where we do everything for you, like the issues, situations I've described, you can absolutely, I recommend preferably now people be at at least $10,000 a month at the minimum. And then they also have to be willing to fork over somewhere between $500 and $1,000 to some of those advertising platforms and maybe buy into some of our systems and you know just try something different. That's not the only way people can work with us. We have other capacities. So if you're like, hey, you know what? If I knew exactly what steps and templates to take, we also have the ability to do that in like a group mentoring program. We've had over 450 people do this themselves with very high levels of success. And I don't hold anything back. You know, if you pay me to do it, I've actually had people, you know, join our program and say, well, what if I hire you? Will you do more? I'm like, no, I'm just going to do what I taught you to do. (laughs) So we do have different levels. I don't hold back, but I understand for some people, they're just like, you know what, if I don't have to deal with my website, if you can get this done in a couple business days and it's going to, I know I'm going to procrastinate for seven months and they're better at phone consults. They're better at shooting and selling then, you know, I want to work with those photographers that are already at that stage at at least $10,000 a month. And they just kind of want like a chief marketing officer in their business, somebody to come in, help them take all this off their plate. And we still work together. Ultimately, they're still solely responsible for their entire business, but they get a pretty good partner in me, hopefully. Yeah, it sounds like it. So you just mentioned web design as well. So what do you actually do or do your team does? Can you help me with my web design as well, like landing pages and all that stuff, the SEO? Yeah. So we're basically a full stack agency suite. So the way I describe it, like when people sign on with us, like what exactly am I getting? (laughs) And the way I describe it is the moment somebody ever sees your brand somewhere at any point or any of these tentacles, right? SEO, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn ads, whatever we're doing for you. From that point, all the way till they speak to you on the phone, we got that. So if there's emails that go out, if there's text automations, if there's phone scripts, We give you all of that. And then even afterwards, we'll work with you on your referral program. We'll work with you on getting more reviews. Everything other than basically you speaking, booking, getting them into your studio, photographing them and delivering the product and ordering it, they take care of that. But we do everything else. So, of course, there's a bunch of other unspoken things that go on, right? Everything from, you know, business listings to landing pages to analytics tracking to Google ads, LinkedIn ads, prospecting scripts, you name it giveaways which you know was going to be one of the topics but yeah literally anything (laughs) we'll get to that another time with the photographers that are working let's say i'm thinking okay umberto i want to 
work with you guys. I want you guys to help me in my business. I'm doing $200,000. It's just me and my wife working the business. Do I need to have more staff or is it okay the way it is? I'm going to tell you, I think it really depends on how efficient people are. We have photographers with almost half a million in revenue with just maybe one virtual assistant and maybe they'll have a contractor where they outsource their editing. You know, I don't really, yeah, I guess that is a big one, but I basically suggest that like they need to have their time during the day to be available for golden hour tasks and golden hour tasks are either shooting, selling or marketing. That's it. So if they're doing anything during the day, that is not those things. If they're editing, if they're writing blogs, if they're, you know, doing all the kind of like tedious things that take time, then we normally say, look, those things either have to be done at night, platinum hours or early in the morning, or somebody else has to take those over for you. So really up to the photographer, you know, some people that don't have kids, they might be all for it. And then for some other people, they might start exploring, okay, I can take editing off. I can take blogging. I can have somebody do my social media management. And honestly, you know, whenever we look at this, it's like, hey, these business systems and marketing are supposed to serve our life and obviously, you know, our lifestyle. And it doesn't do you any good to, you know, keep an extra 250000 in your bank account if you don't get to enjoy your life and you don't get to see your kids. True. So, yeah, it really depends on the photographer and just how automated their business is. There are some people that are just, you know, they're an assembly line. The moment somebody comes in, all the emails are automated. The moment they book, everything's scheduled, they're automated, and they just have a lot less work. So Jen Bruno-Smith specifically, she has social media managers, you know, she pays hourly, and then she has a virtual assistant. You know, her wages and payroll, you can ask her, but it's probably under 4000 a month. So that's not much at all. I'm even going to say it's under 2000 probably, right, because they're really part-time. But everything in our system and our rule is if you have to do something more than basically twice, it has to be automated. So if every time somebody comes to the studio and after the shoot, you have to send them reminders, cool, automate that. If you have to send them directions to your house, automate it. Basically everything we try to make automated, even if it's, hey, our editor needs to be notified, cool, upload it to Google Drive and then connect Zapier to notify the editor. But the more we can basically refine everything, uh, and I know you work with a with a team and you guys are remote. So like, I think you can appreciate like the more you can remove steps that are repetitive, just the easier your life gets. And Absolutely. nowadays with software and with just so many different like team tools, it's so easy to work with people remotely and not having to have just full time employees everywhere. Yeah, true. But, um, you've mentioned Jen Smith a couple of times and I have as well. I'm interviewing Jen next week, so I can't wait to do that. Before I let you go, we've talked all about working with you, what you can do, your agency, the team. Where do we go to learn more? Yeah, I actually thought what would be the best link for this? And the link would be photography2profits, so toprofits.com slash podcast. Perfect. So by the time this is live, there will be a link there and there'll be some options. I'm sure it'll be in the description of this, but photography2profits.com slash podcast, and I'll have kind of like a link tree for you. Fantastic. That's awesome. Umberto, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we connected. And it's really funny. I didn't tell you this earlier, but we like we chatted a couple of weeks ago when we first connected. And about a week before we connected via email and then jumped on Zoom, I had a message from 
a good friend, a listener, a photographer, and Elle Goss from Melbourne. And she said, you've got to reach out to this guy. This guy's awesome. You've got to, you've got to get in touch with him. You've got to get him on the show. So I'm so glad oh, wow. everything lined up and yeah, it worked out beautifully. So mate, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. I know we're going to hear more from you in the future. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Umberto as much as I did. Umberto, if you're listening, again, mate, thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you did. I got a ton from what you shared. I know the listener did as well. And, yeah, mate, again, massive thanks for coming on. Really do appreciate it. I can't wait to get Jen on the podcast in the next week or two as well. For you, the listener, I do hope you got as much as I did from what you heard in today's episode. If you do have a follow-up question for Umberto, if you're a premium member, hit him up inside the members' Facebook group. You'll have easy access to him there as soon as I get him added after this episode goes live. And if you are listening to the free version of the podcast, you can ask any follow-up questions you have inside the comments area, and you'll find them at the bottom of the show notes for this week. And they are at photobizx.com forward slash 364. Now, in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that Umberto mentioned. It's all there in the one spot. And at the time this is going live, the link that Umberto shared at the end of the interview isn't live yet, but I'm hoping it will be any minute, hour, or day (laughs) to come. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, it will be live. I'm working on that right now with Umberto to get that working. I have one big shout out for today's episode, and this one goes to French photographer. Well, he's based in France. He's originally from the UK, and I know that he's photographing weddings for couples in both places, the UK and France. It sounds like he's living the dream, really. I'm talking about Richard Montgomery. He is a premium member, and he left a lovely, a really lovely review on the Photo BizX Facebook page. I'm not going to read this whole review to you because it's just too long, but I'll give you the first two paragraphs. He says, I first listened to the podcast about two years ago when I was pointed towards it by one of your previous interviewees, Craig George, episode 140. I was just starting out as a wedding photographer. I originally listened to a few of the free episodes, and once I got used to the Aussie accents (laughs) and worked out what super stoked meant, I took advantage of the free offer. I binge listened to those premium episodes thinking that I would listen for free, no charge for the introductory offer, and then not subscribe. Richard goes on to talk about why he ended up subscribing and how he's been a member ever since. He talks about the content, the interview guests, the premium members Facebook group, and all the things that go along with a membership. So Richard, mate, a massive thanks from me to you for taking the time to write your review and post it into the Facebook page or onto the Facebook page. I have your full review posted inside the show notes for today's episode. And of course, I've added a link to your website using the keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for as a little way for me to say thanks for taking the time to leave that review, mate. So look, I really do appreciate it. I love having you part of the community. And I know that um, because of your membership, you've made new friends. You've got, a, I think, a mastermind group going, I guess, of sorts now as well. And yeah, it's just fantastic. It really is great to have you part of it all, mate. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the show. Don't forget, next week's episode will be a day later than usual because of the public holiday here in Australia. If you are enrolled and taking part in the Daily Vlog Challenge, I will talk to you later today because we kick off the challenge today, which I'm excited about. Can't wait to see and meet you in there. 
And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be talking to you inside the members Facebook group. Alrighty, that really is it from me today. Hope you are staying safe, healthy and well, and I'll speak to you soon. Have a great week. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 